actually, now that you mentioned the the wood the wind interlude, that that's another thing that kind of adds to that impression because you have instruments like coming in and out of nowhere. Like there's the horns near the beginning that just kind of all they come in with is like that. Yeah. From nowhere. And then they just never show up again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it's like a small jazz ensemble that's that's also maybe recently done drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Velvet Room, or more accurately, welcome to episode 98 of Rhythm Encounter, RPG Fans Music Podcast. Uh, I'm your host today, Hilary Andruff, and with me, I have four panelists. Say hello, everyone. First, we have Michael Solosi. Hi. Neil Chandran. Hello. And Gio Castillo. Hey. And as you probably guessed from that quick intro, uh, today, we are going to be discussing persona music. Um... This is a, a topic that we covered once a while ago uh, when Rhythm Whispers coming back in our crossover episode with Retro. So I'm very excited to further discuss Persona music with Slothy, Um and everyone here. Yeah, that's right. It, it, it feels like 100 years ago, but I think it was just September of 2019. Correct. <laughs> it feels like forever. <laughs> and, uh, and three years is plenty of a gap to bring back some Persona music because, mm-hmm. again, this is some of the most... Uh, celebrated and beloved uh, uh, RPG music of the past several years. So, uh, yeah, and and I definitely have uh, a well deep enough to find a few more tracks for the podcast. Same. Um, I think it was kind of surprising going through our song database and seeing just how much hasn't been covered and how much good music. I mean, you'll see as we get into our picks. Um, There are some surprising songs that are very popular that have not been on the show yet. So very excited for that and you know persona is still very much popular right now with the release of royal and all the tie-ins and exciting new stuff that we're getting so it's always time to talk about persona yeah i want to add like i'm i don't know if this is a spoiler but like i'm i'm happy that we basically have the whole breadth of the breadth of the series here from one to five and even some of the spinoffs no, it's not too much of a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have eight <laughs> tracks, and they are from eight different games, um, or or at least eight eight separate soundtracks. Two of the two of them are almost the same game, uh, but we'll you know we'll, we'll we'll you'll understand when we get to them. Excited to share all that. So we were covering the whole series from their beginnings to most recent. Um, so why don't we start briefly and just have everyone quickly um, talk about you know the series and why. You want to be on this episode and why you want to discuss Persona music. Um, I'll just briefly say on my part. First, uh, I started with Persona 4. And I think some of the music, honestly, is what really kind of sold me uh, on the game. It really contributed to just the feel of the game. It made me so much more eager to play it. Um, I mean, just the title screen, the Velvet Room, everything. Um, And that still was the case with 3. Uh, I love a lot of Five's music as well, and I, I deeply believe in and agree with the meme of Megru with the flaming piano, <laughs> saying, you know, it's a title song. It doesn't need to go that hard, but definitely does in pretty much every Persona game. So I have a deep fondness for Persona music. So why don't we go to you next, Gio? 
what brings you here? Yeah, um, I discovered Persona in the like in 2012, I think. My my friend burned me a copy of like Persona Three Fez. Uh, um, oh. I mean, we uh, uh, piracy was commonplace here. We, there wasn't really a lot of ways to access um, uh, legitimate copies of PS2 games. So, yeah, <laughs> I just admitted to crime on a pod on the podcast. But yeah, um, I uh, really liked the soundtrack. Basically, I think um, I didn't quite grasp the s the gameplay and the social link stuff. Like I thought. Tartarus was like kind of a slog at first. I didn't, um, I didn't really appreciate it until I played Persona Three Portable in 2017, and uh, I it was um, a revelation. I think it's, and I think it's just because like, I, I got to play it portably. I could lie down and dungeon crawl in my bed, and I just, and then I just fell in love with the game, and I've just been a Persona fan ever since. Uh, I played yeah. Persona Four Golden right after, and then Persona nice. Five, and then. Persona 5 Royal, I just, I, I played all the game. I, I even played like uh, the the dancing spinoffs and uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. I just, I love, and the music all the way has just been incredible. I love Shoji Meguro. Yeah. And you know, Portable and Golden, uh, just, there seems to be kind of a consensus there that those are kind of good versions to experience. Like you get the full impact of the social links that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Persona 3 Port was like double the social links, I think. Yep. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's not exactly double. They, they, uh, uh. The, the female protagonist route um, has about a half or two thirds of the social links brand new. But right. it's uh, but it, but um, the the female route and the male route are definitely separate experiences with a with a lot of uh, with a lot of really good changes. Exactly. There are a lot of social links there that you don't get otherwise. Mm -hmm. All right. How about you, Celosi? Uh Right. Well, I, my first Persona game was the first one. It, uh, I rented it for my PlayStation in the early 2000s. Probably I was definitely in, I, I definitely know where I was in school at that point. So it was uh, probably 01 or 02. And I did not care for it one bit. I, I, I saw that it was really what uh, liked on places like the RPG fan and RP gamer forums, but I didn't see, I, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, but then a couple years later, I saw Persona 2 Eternal Punishment on sale for pr pretty cheap. I think it was only 15 or 20 bucks. So I got wow. that. I, I got that. I mean, this was oh, probably 04 or 05. I got that and I played the beginning of that and I found it confusing, but definitely better than the first one. And I, but I, <laughs> I didn't get I didn't get terribly far. Then fast forward to Persona 3 and 4 being out and, and uh, everyone getting really excited about them. I resisted playing them because I remember I didn't like Persona 1 or 2 much. <laughs> um, but when I finally got talked into playing, uh, I, 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 well, I, I received Persona 3 Fests as a birthday present. Uh, and I played it in, I think, 2011 or so. So like Persona 4 was already out. But I really, really loved it. I immediately bought Persona 4 from a uh, a member of the RPG fan forums, uh, amusingly, um, who's who's on staff with us now. Oh, nice! <laughs> uh, and uh, so, and then I, I liked that even more than three. So I uh, and then I eventually replayed them via the portable and golden versions. Uh, I got five right when it came out in 2017. I played the Q spinoffs, the dancing spinoff, the fighting spinoff. I was really Persona obsessed in the mid 2010s uh playing absolutely everything that i could i eventually went back and played innocent sin and eternal punishment and i appreciate them much more than i did uh now than i than i did you know uh 20 years ago yeah so uh 
So yeah, I, I went from being like persona reluctant to a persona super fan, and I love its music uh, as a crucial component of it, and especially how it, you know, it, it uh, at, at least when I was at least you know ten plus years ago, it implemented things that I really didn't think of as being connected to RPGs, like uh, like hip hop beats and pop singing, and uh, uh -huh. and mm -hmm. and weird explorations of genre. That I uh, that that's all that was always a little weird and really exciting when you experience it for the first time. So, yeah, uh, Persona music is a many splendid thing, and I have no problem at all celebrating it for a second time <laughs> in a podcast. Mm -hmm. Oh, and and uh, it, it, I didn't I didn't mean to be coy about it. Uh, it, it was Steph Sabidlo's copy of Persona Four that I bought. Ah, uh, <laughs> thank you, Steph. <laughs> I, maybe I should, you know, maybe it's been so many years. I should just give it back to her because now you can play Persona Four Golden a, a bunch of different ways and places. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't need that PS2 copy anymore. Maybe, maybe if we ever do an RPG fan staff meetup again, I'll give it back to her. She probably tell you to keep it. <laughs> she probably would, and just be very Canadian about it. But I would insist that she take it back. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I, you know, what you said definitely resonated. Um, I too went back to some of the earlier Persona games after, and I don't think I'd have the same appreciation for them that I do if I hadn't also played three, four, and five. And also, I think one of the things that really struck me about the music in four is that sort of exploration of genre. And I'd never seen a game that incorporated kind of that like more modern flair into their title screen music at that point so much. Yeah. So definitely to be appreciated all right so how about you neil you know my persona experience actually taps into a lot of what you guys have said with a little uniqueness of my own yes geo saying that persona was a revelation for him well my first persona game was the first persona game on playstation when it was called revelations <laughs> persona and mm -hmm. similar to Solosi, I w didn't really like it that much at first, but once I actually took the time to like learn the mechanics and get into it, and once I invested about 10 hours into it, the game just opened up and I absolutely loved it. And uh, there was only one other person on the RPG fan forums back then who was playing the game and... Uh, I remember getting in, into a discussion with him about the interpretation of some of the like Hindu deities. And oh, okay. Even because I'm Indian and I grew up with that, I was able to fill in, help fill in some of the gaps in his knowledge. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember my parents talking about this. I remember learning this in in temple, and it and Persona just made like a part of my culture that I used to think was really weird and growing up into something really cool. I remember you wrote a feature about that topic too, right? I did, finding my persona through persona. Nice. I'll have to link to that in the show notes. And as far as the um as far as the music goes, like I loved how in the early persona games, I'd never played um an RPG that had a modern setting. So hearing so seeing that and hearing music with very like modern electronic textures was really amazing and then um in the first persona games shoji meguro wasn't doing that much it was a lot of like the other composers but then when he took the lead in persona 3 onwards incorporating like the 
hip hop beats and little vocal samples in there. I was like, whoa. Okay, this is something special. Definitely. Well, I, I don't think that this was the first game I played or RPG I played in a modern setting because, I mean, it depends on how liberal, liberally you interpret modern setting with games like Earthbound or Parasite Eve. Yeah, I definitely played Parasite Eve first. Yeah, yeah, so, so did I. But, uh, but, but Persona, Persona's version of a modern setting is different from those because it is like... I mean, I mean, it's about Japanese teenagers and they're trying to make it extremely clear that these could be, you know, everyday Japanese teenagers. Like, like it, it, it uh, like, um, Tatsumi Port Island and, uh, it, it like feels more like a real place than any of the towns in Earthbound, for example. And, um, even though these are games about, you know, like supernatural, uh, events and, uh, and people's having their having their identities taken or, or minds controlled. It, it it feels more like a real setting than just about any of its other RPG and contemporaries. And to piggyback off of that, it's not just the places that felt real. From even in the first Persona game, the characters and a lot of the personal issues they were going to felt real and genuine. Even with the butchered translation of of the original, you know, I could still resonate with several of the personal issues that some of the characters were going through. Like, you know, it was, wow, these digital beings felt almost real to me. Yeah, there's sort of an emphasis on, I don't want to exactly say everyday life, but it really kind of is, right? With the social links and the various little activities you need to do to increase your stats, things like that, going and having a giant, you know, bowl of meat that maybe you'll be able to finish once you work up the the courage to do so. You still can't see the rice. <laughs> yes. Um, but 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 you're right. I mean, this isn't exactly a farm sim, but there's so much quotidian elements to gameplay, mm -hmm. like like uh, going to school every day, um deciding what to do with your evening, like do you study or do you hang out with friends, at, at least from Persona 3 onward. And even in Persona 2, doing things like uh, having to explore new restaurants yep. and, uh, and, and, ch and every time there's a, and like, Oh, you can only get uh, this food in this neighborhood of the city. And, uh, and every convenience store is technically the same, but has a different remix of the convenience store <laughs> music in the background. Mm -hmm. it, it feels a little bit more like life sim RPG than, uh, than, than, than most of its contemporaries. I don't know which Seven Eleven I want to go to. <laughs> It's like, well, I mean, the 7-Eleven on Braddock never has the uh, the, di the Diet Brisk iced tea that I like. Exactly. But the 7-Eleven on Main Street is way out of the way, and it sucks taking a left out of it. And, like, and, <laughs> I mean, that, I mean uh, <laughs> that's a, maybe a little bit too close to real than what's in Persona. But, uh, I mean, e yeah, the, the modern setting and its, its real emphasis and em embracing of the modern setting uh, feels different. Yeah, and I think... And you'll also hit on it, you know, the series, um, I mean, it's it's done this uh, with varying degrees of success and sensitivity, but, you know, there's something to be said for the fact that the Persona series ha doesn't shy away um, from certain, you know, relevant, current, and personal issues as, you know, some of the other more like epic grand scale sweeping fantasy style RPGs. Um and I think I think the music kind of reflects all of these elements as well. Like like we discussed, you know, with the blending of genre, um, it covers a lot of like different moods and ground, and we'll we'll get into that. Um, so, 
when we were looking at the tracks here, as was briefly mentioned, we are covering a, several different games over a large span of time. Um, and it was kind of interesting the way everything sort of fit together in chronological order. Um, so we decided to go along with that, which of course means that, um, Neil, the first block in our listening today is completely yours because you picked our, our earlier games. So would you like to give a, a quick intro to your two tracks and, you know, what games they're from? Certainly. Um, the first track is called School Infirmary, and it's from the first Persona game. And it plays in the beginning of the game when uh, your character wakes up in the school infirmary after he and his friends fainted. Okay. And the second track is called Mount Katatsumuri from Persona 2 Innocent Sin, which plays during a mid to late game dungeon in that game. Two guesses what the location is. I'm, I'm really glad we have some Innocent Sin music on here. So, all right, let's go listen to School Infirmary and Mount Katatsumuri.
Okay, so the first track, School Infirmary, I picked it because it plays the very beginning of the game and it just really set the tone for me that, okay, this is going to be a strangely unique yet really compelling adventure. See, it plays towards the beginning of the game. It's after you and your friends play the Persona game, meet the ghost, faint, have that weird between consciousness and unconsciousness dream with Philemon. And then it's like, oh, wait, you're finally waking up. And I, I liked how that, that like watery texture and sound effect, it was both, it was both, relaxing yet a little sinister almost like okay i'm glad i'm waking up from this crazy experience but i'm still a little groggy there's still that little something's not right going on in my head yeah i i feel you with uh i think you referred to it as the water texture uh a couple weeks ago when we were doing the Castlevania music, I was describing how sort of one type of song in Castlevania games is water music or cave music, where that where you'll have, you know, uh, like cascading notes that give the feeling of running water or trickling water or a waterfall. And and they have that here, too, with the... Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know exactly what kind of... It, it almost sounds like a harp, but just the, the very high sort of cascading notes down... But over this very serene higher note, you have uh, a some a somewhat dark low growl mm-hmm. in the uh, in the lower notes, which is either a bass or low strings or a, a you know a nineteen ninety six PlayStation approximation of those. <laughs> yep. um, but the the fact that you have this somewhat ethereal, somewhat like running water, serene uh, musical choices over a uh, over this low growl. And you know that based on the context of the game, that something is wrong, um, and uh, and and you aren't in Kansas anymore. Exactly, it basically is. I, I think it's trying to create a mood that is at the same time unsettling, but also but but also sort of calm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think it succeeds in that goal. There's sort of mm-hmm. a phrase that we use a lot, like in RPGs, that kind of came to mind when I was listening to this, um, and it's sort of. And, the like it's safe to rest here or it's not safe to rest here kind of thing i i don't know why that popped into my head but it because there are many things going on in the song like the sort of simple but very mellow melody i mean it's a a very small number of notes i think it's a six note run that's sort of like repeated and changed slightly to create kind of like a calm stable chill mood um yeah. But then there's an undercurrent, like Celosi said, that's sort of quite unsettling. And all of it together also kind of has a very, like, 90s feel to it. Yeah. Which I enjoy a lot. Yeah, it was definitely, because when you say the nine, 90s feel, that, to- that totally reminded me of how, even in a lot of, like, 90s rock back then, whether we're looking at guitarists like Steve Vai or bands like Korn and Rage Against the Machine, they were starting to experiment a lot with using those kind of watery textures in their guitar sound effects mm-hmm. to to create that eerie, sinister vibe in those styles of music. Yeah, I can see kind of like a, a correlation. 
right. similarity. Yeah. Um, like, I, I guess to add to the, like, the idea that it sounds very 90s, like, my immediate thought when I was listening to this song was like, it, this has like Resident Evil save room vibes. Like, this could easily uh-huh. be like a Resident Evil. Um, I don't know. I just, it has the same kind of cadence, like the notes, and uh, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it's just, it's mysterious. It's like, I feel safe here, but am I really safe here? I don't yep. know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this area is safe, but there's a caveat, kind of. I think that's conveyed really well. Yeah. You're safe here, but maybe don't open the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, um, in the PSP remake of the game, um, that scene has a very, like, upbeat piece of music instead and oh no and again as much as i love the soundtrack to the psp remake the music itself was really was fantastic some of the some of the atmosphere in like the original music like we heard here was just missing yeah the psp remakes came uh after persona 3 and 4 were uh already out in the ecosystem if anything um, Atlas was doing some capitalizing on how uh, more popular Persona was worldwide uh, now than it was 15 years earlier. So uh, those PSP remakes have more of the Persona 3 and 4 influence in them. Uh, Lotus Juice, the rapper in uh, in a lot of Persona 3 tracks, was a music supervisor on some of them. And and, yep. uh, and he even has pieces. I, th- I think he's in the openings to both of the uh, uh, Persona 2 remakes. Um, but the... So, so yeah, I'm not surprised that the change from PS1 Persona to PSP Persona, like, is less sinister and more, uh, and a little bit more like bubblegum pop. So that's that's not a shock to me. Yeah, sort of, especially with like you said, three and four already out in the ecosystem. It's almost kind of like they were going back and kind of like maybe making it sound a little bit more quote cohesive or in line with the others potentially i mean do you guys like the change like that um the music got shoji meguro fired in a way or is it do you i mean is it better than the original uh, well i I don't know the original persona one soundtrack terribly well because i again my my experience is i played persona one didn't like it then then i i know the PS1 Persona 2 Eternal Punishment but the PSP Persona 2 Innocent Sin so it's uh, my, my uh, Persona soundtrack experience jumps around a little bit but it, it's maybe Megaro-fied, maybe more Kitajo-fied because uh, Atsushi Kitajo was uh, the, the music supervisor to some of the later Persona spin-offs and he is definitely very much upbeat guitar and piano yep. at the same time <laughs> kind of stuff Yeah, and I, and I, and I love Kitajo but it's 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 a different vibe than what the old uh, the old Persona soundtracks was, especially if you do something just like I, I don't know, just watch like the opening anime uh, uh, video to any of the PS One's Persona games versus yep. any of the PSP remakes, and you'll <laughs> you'll 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 get an idea about the t- change in tone. It, it's not bad, but it is definitely different. Yeah, I th- I think for me it's a question of mood. If I feel like being moody, I would probably definitely say that I prefer the originals. Uh, all right, I'm just checking quickly to see if there's anything else in my notes that I wanted to say. No, I think I think we hit on most of it. I had a lot in my notes about like how this song conveyed kind of a most of it conveys like this great musical idea of tension reduction, but then there's that little piece that still tends. And that's basically the first 
Persona game in a nutshell. Which is really neat to think about. All right. Well, in that case, are we ready to uh, hike up into the mountains? Sure. Let's hike up a mountain. All right. So Mount Katatsumuri from Persona 2 Innocent Sin is probably my absolute favorite dungeon theme out of like all the Persona games I've played. Like with the track itself, I love how it kind of starts off with that kind of head bobbing, throbby, sonic texture like a Depeche Mode or something before it goes into like a take on the game's main uh, main theme which is Kimi no Tonari the da na 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 and then and then the percussion drops out and it gets like very flowy and ethereal and it's like even though just one cycle of that song is only about a minute and a half it it never wore out its welcome as I was going through the dungeon and I love how the, the way it represents um, the main thing I love the most about Innocence in Soundtrack is that the soundtrack as a whole was harbored around like variations of common themes. And this song had, I guess, my favorite remix, for lack of a better word, of that main theme. And, and that's something that's definitely carried over into later Persona games a lot. There's a lot of like different refrains of different pieces of the main themes and they, they kind of have motifs that they build on, for sure. And this is a good kind of early example of that. Yeah, the, it, it's really cool seeing the Sumaru City opening melody that, that Neil sung a, a short time ago uh, interpreted this way. Uh, it, when, when, you, when there are common motifs or uh, recurring themes um, linked between tracks, it, make, it always makes the soundtrack feel more cohesive. And you get that, you know, you get that, uh, those, those synapses firing in your brain of recognition that, 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 uh, that like when you recognize something or get a reference, you tend to so- enjoy something more. So that's, uh, I, I, I think it, it, it's a, it, it's, it's a powerful effect that's done very well here because the, um, the, the, the sort of, uh, high energy, but still dark tone of this soundtrack of this song is much different from the very pleasant version of the same melody that's uh, in Samaru City. Right. But but it's uh, but it, but it's still cool and when you recognize the connection it's great. And also I just love this dungeon because you collect uh, super sentai masks in it. That's the that, that that that's the best part obviously. What more could you <laughs> ask for? Oh yeah, uh, listeners if if you haven't played Persona 2 Innocent Sin, um uh, super sentai slash power rangers masks are a major major plot part of the plot and that is not a joke. Because I am a Tokusatsu fan, that is a true fact. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, my thought on this song is that I don't know if you guys are familiar with Italo disco. It's like a Italian disco. It's like, and the interpretation of the Sumaru City theme just reeks of like this, that style of dance music from the seventies. Like, um. I don't know, like, I, this song felt like a disco song to me, like, a, um, uh, like an understated one, and, like, uh, with, like, a, a abrasive, like, thumping rhythm, but I don't know. <laughs> understated I, disco is not a phrase you hear. I could see the, uh, like, early, like, Eurobeat influences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, again, I mentioned that um, one, that even in the very beginning, it sounded kind of like... Um, 
Depeche Mode to me. And uh, again, there's a electronic music group heavily influenced by those sounds. Yeah, and once again, we're talking about you know we're we're likening this music to maybe slightly earlier, but still, you know, music outside of the game music sphere. Because in in the case of Persona music, those are pretty easy comparisons to make, which is cool. And again, that that ties back to what we were saying earlier: how it just makes the modern setting feel a bit more real and genuine. I mean, the music does that. And to tie into what Solosi was saying earlier, having like the variations of familiar themes just makes the entire game world almost feel familiar, like home. Yeah, and I I appreciate the amount of movement thematically just in the song itself. Like it has that sort of tie into a familiar theme, but you know, you mentioned the percussion dropping in and out. You know, there's kind of a more ethereal, like slower section. There's there's a lot going on. You know, there's some shifting and tone and movement. And for such a short loop, I mean, I think that's done effectively. And it's it's nice because that really creates like, especially in a dungeon, if you're, especially one where you might be there for a while, like it's it's very important to have that. And I think this track nails it. Yeah, I haven't played this game, but I feel like I would. It would, I, I wouldn't really get tired of it because like it, it it's um it's uh, it, you kind of have to listen carefully to like l- hear the melody and um yeah like there's sm- so much to it so yeah I, I think uh, it's worth listening to over and over and I think a lot of this persona music also just does really well with layering the different parts to create kind of a lush sonic atmosphere. So you can listen, you know, you might discover something new on repeat listens, which is always good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I want to go play really either of the Persona 2 games. I, I think about replaying these Persona games I like a lot uh, fairly often. The problem is I usually don't have 90 hours to spare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I maxed out the game clock during my first playthrough of Eternal Punishment. Nice. I don't even know how many hours I spent on that game because I think I spent most of it just loitering around the city or or just going to places and listening to the music. I bought these games with the... I won the Staffel like a couple months ago. I bought these games with that money, like with the... the, the, yeah, the the prize. And yeah, I'm, I'm... I'm planning on playing it sometime next year. I just don't know when. I, I also oh, I'm awesome. I'm like trying to find 90 hours to spare as well. <laughs> yep. When my I I guess when I was less judicious of my use of my personal time, I again I played Persona 3 and 4. Uh, I think four times each, maybe because yeah. I, with, with Persona 4, I played it, then I played the New Game Plus, then for Golden, I played it through again, and then the New Game Plus again. So the, the reason I haven't snapped up uh, uh, new copies of them on. Uh, Steam and or and I probably won't on the consoles coming up is because I've, I've just already played them so many times <laughs> and I'm always busy with a podcast game or another. Not That's not fair. a coincidence. Uh, I stopped playing Persona games over and over in 2015, also the year that Retro Encounter began. Just you know, just just throwing that up there. All right. Well, in this case, Neil, we have shared your tracks. We have all learned. We appreciate your insights and enjoyed uh, what you brought today. And now we have all ranked ranked up with the the death arcana because that is the arcana you picked before we recorded Mm -hmm. so yay rpg fan can now fuse better death personas 
Such a wonderful yet misunderstood Arcana death. Indeed. I couldn't have a Persona episode without bringing up the Arcanas in some form for another. So, yep, we each get to rank up after our tracks are done. Uh, to what? Like, uh, are we like rank two? Are we, did we hit rank 10 already? Or? I don't think we hit rank 10 already. I'm going to say, since we've already talked about Persona music, maybe we're like mid-rank somewhere. Maybe six or seven right now. We still have some work yeah. to do, but, you know, we, we're getting some decent Personas at this point. Yeah, I could beat the game with these. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. We haven't spent hours and hours and hours of extra time, you know, ranking up and getting the exact perfect best ones. But, you know, it's workable. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now we are going to transition a little bit further on in time um, to our next block. And it looks like I have a track and Ju has a track in our next block. So uh, I'm going first with the... Credit song from Persona 3, Memories of You, which is definitely Shoji Miguro. <laughs> I'm very excited to bring it on. And Gio, what's your track? Uh, I'm bringing Time from Persona 3 Portable. Um, you hear it often, like when uh, school starts. And I think I, I think when school ends, I, I, can't, I actually haven't played the route, the female protagonist route where this song plays, so I can't really say for sure, but... Uh, I've definitely listened to this song a million times, so I hope you guys like it too. Nice. All right. Well, let's go listen. Come on. 
Okay, so Memories of You. Uh, this is probably a familiar track for pretty much everyone here and probably a lot of listeners. Uh, I struggled a little bit because I know this is an obvious pick. It's the credit music from three. It has a lot of emotional impact. I don't want to give too much away. I mean, I know it's an old game, but, um, and the main reason I picked it is it's one of those songs where I know we are kind of underrepresenting on persona music that has been on the show so far, but I was really shocked that this particular song has not been on here. So I went ahead, I picked it. Um, I, it's just an incredible mix of, like, I love the way the guitar and the piano flow together. And I love the rhythm of the vocal part. It's just so easy to get into, bob your head to, sing along with, hum along to. And I think it's one of those songs that can hit differently and have a little bit of a different emotional tone, depending on how much you're thinking about the game how much you know about the game or just kind of what what sort of mood you're in at the time which is really interesting to me like I think by default to me it's sort of um like emphatically reflective and a little bit wistful um but it can definitely be more more sad as well and kind of determined like things are going to be okay even though this awful thing happened sort of feel to it so and it's interesting how it fits in with the naming convention um Persona 3 has a naming convention like basically a lot of the track names are memories of X, Y, or Z. Um, <laughs> except where it comes to the, the actual like C's group themselves. Um, a lot of their music has kind of more active titles, which is interesting, except for this one, which is, is pretty thematically interesting. I, I think it's interesting that this is definitely a sad song based on the context of what happens at the very mm-hmm. end of Persona 3. But it's not slow. It's it's it, it it's upbeat, but um, but it has this feeling of 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 wistfulness, and uh, and we we've been through all of this, and and now um, and 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 now something is tragic, but it's not uh, it, but but it's not you know depressingly tragic. It's it's weirdly optimi- optimistically tragic, is is the the tone of the song to me. And I mean, this is sort of true of Persona Three, Four, and Five, where. Uh, um, like the, the feeling of the end credit song is we've been through so much and we'll never be the same, but there's uh, but but there's still hope. Yeah, it, I don't uh, regret any of it, and now we have hope for the future, kind of thing. Yeah, Nevermore uh, definitely does the same thing. Yeah, never, Nevermore. Yeah, Nevermore. Maybe even brings tears to my eyes even more, <laughs> easy, even oh, more easily than Memories of You. Even though I think the 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 the, uh, the context of the game is sadder uh, for Persona Three, but mm-hmm. and 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 also, geez, the ending. The ending scene in Persona 2: Innocent Sin is a is Ooh. a is a heartbreaker. Holy moly! But the uh, but yeah, back to memories of you. Um, yeah, the song like the way that it's a uh, it, it's an upbeat pop song, but then it has uh, it goes into this this echoing piano that moves away that makes you like think of you know I don't know like like uh, like, like someone walking away and disappearing into the distance and right the way that you or see like. The, calling it, it, back from a distance to each other yeah and the, and the way that in the credits video you see the um uh the the sort of profiles of the main characters sort of come in and out of view mm-hmm. in a way that that's like you're almost looking at like a yearbook or a photo album uh with the with the memories of these people uh sort of fading in and fading out again it's it's a mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a beautiful song and 
in the proper context, experiencing it at either the exact right day or the exact wrong day, it will elicit tears from your dry <laughs> eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, call and response, I think, is one of the main, like, last main things I want to point out about it because it's used so well in this song, I think. Just even with the piano, like you said, with it. And then that's reflected in the vocals as well. For me, like the, the piano, like, kind of evokes like a sense like I'm exhaling. Like, uh, I'm like, Hugh, like after all that, like, and like, I, I don't know, like when I finished this game, I was like, I felt catharsis from this song. I was like, I finally beat this game for one and two, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, 120 hours later, but, and also like, yeah, yeah, like this, I mean, th- that scene with, I, I don't know, can I say it? Like, um, I mean, it's, it's an old game, right? Like, I or... I would I would hesitate. Okay. Because um because a lot of people uh, listen to this podcast um w- without having played these games and I got I got crap on Twitter for spoiling a game that was over twenty years old once. So right. I uh, if we want to give spoilers, we have to give a warning now and then and and then you know uh, be very clear about right. it. Right. That's okay. I don't think I want to. I don't want to ruin it for for anyone. And uh, I, I just want to like what whatever happens at the end, like it's. My, I was holding my breath the whole time because, like, I mm-hmm. wanted to know if that, if like, I don't know if, uh, how do I describe it? Like, it's, I was expecting that to end happy, but it didn't. And yeah, yeah. you're sort of like waiting during that last scene. Like, are things going to be okay or not? What, what exactly is going to happen? Yeah, uh, and um, and it didn't. And and then this song played. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then you get this sort of like memory yearbook sort of effect, which is like, oh, it's over too. Ah. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I I'm with you guys. I love this song so much. <laughs> I think if you ask any Persona fan to list like their, you know, top ten favorites, this one is gonna be up there. I mean, because I. Like all of you said, this track was just the ultimate culmination of what was a very, like, emotionally charged journey that this game was. And, and, and even the way it, and even the way it ended, it was almost like, it was almost like, um, what Schmendrick says in the book and the movie, The Last Unicorn, there can never be a happy ending because nothing ends. Yep. So... So it was, it was, it was, so the whole idea of it's, it's melancholy because loss is just so gut-wrenching, but also upbeat because it's also a celebration of life. Mm-hmm. And it's also, inter- musically, I think it's a culmination of, like we said, you know, some themes you may have heard earlier, some techniques that have been used earlier things like that as well so it kind of blends a lot of now familiar things that you've been you know holding with you throughout the soundtrack and the game you know you spend a lot of time with the music you spend a lot of time with the characters and this is kind of a nice like i don't want to say debrief but just kind of like a nice culmination like you said neil all of that 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 song was definitely worth hearing at the end of that journey because because it's like we all said it was it was all the emotions right there. It's like, it, it just felt like it, Persona 3, it wasn't just a game. It was an experience. 
And I mean, more than I mean, we tell this joke a lot, I think, but it, more than a lot of other RPGs, Persona Three really was the friends you made along the way. <laughs> and uh, and and uh, and and this song elicits that uh, very very clearly. It's a uh, it, it's it's a powerful ending. It, it, I, it really yeah. is, and and, and, I, and I think this is one of the one of the definitive songs of Persona mm-hmm. Three for sure. And I I think it's where like so much game music tries to accomplish that very thing, right? That's a lot of what JRPGs are about. But I don't think very many of them do that as successfully as this one. So, And I, I guess now it's time to talk about time. Time! Yeah, it's time to talk about time. <laughs> um, this song is, is one of those songs that I haven't even... I don't even really know the context of it. I'm, I, I mean, I have an idea because I've seen like gameplay, but um, it's a song that I've listened to. It might be my most listened to Persona song. And I was also a bit surprised that we hadn't featured it before because I figured it was quite popular. And like, um, I was debating like, what version of this song should I, should I um, focus on? Because like, I, I also love the live band version of the song. There's like an acoustic, like piano based version of the song that it's really sweet although it's a bit sentimental. And then there's also the one from the Persona 3 dancing game, which is mm-hmm. Atsushi Kitajo. That he, he remixed that song, and it's really good. And it's, it's, like, it's like a little swing section in the middle. It's like, ooh, it's so good. But then I feel like nothing really beats the original, I think. I think I still prefer the original the best. And um, a big reason for that is, like, it's such a good showcase for, like, this signature... Um, guitar sound for Persona 3 which I love like it's like this flangy um, guitar I, it's like a it's 80s very 80s guitar and um, I I can't get enough of it I just love it in every single song it's yeah. in yeah. it's always just there yeah it's always just there <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like the, um, the it's kind of like in Persona 5 like that that bass sound which is just like mm-hmm. in every song and it's, it's it's part of the signature of this game and um and also the melody i, I sing this i sing the melody to myself like all the time it's, it's just so fun to hum and uh yeah i don't really have anything like too insightful to say other than i just really love this song so much well i i can maybe provide a little bit of context because again I, i've played through uh persona 3 so many times including the 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 FMC route twice on on three portable, um, time is one of the uh, everyday school songs. I think it changes to a different track uh, around the midpoint of the game. Um, but the but uh, Persona 3's uh, female protagonist route in in portable um, has its own soundtrack. I think it's around ten or twelve tracks that were made new by Meguro for the uh, uh, for the game. And yeah. it, it even it even replaces the uh, uh, like Persona Three classics like Mass Destruction with the, with, with, with new song <laughs> yeah with new songs just for the uh, just for the new protagonist and um, at at the risk of being sexist I, I think uh, I think Maguro was trying to um, give uh, the new songs in Portable a bit of a more feminine edge they're they're very it's a different um it, it's a different vocalist it's uh, yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, 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 I feel bad. What's her name? Mayumi um, Fujita. Yeah, it's Mayumi Fujita instead of Yumi Kaw- Ka- uh, Kawamura, and her. I think her voice is a little bit more pure and less harsh rock than Kawamura's. So it's like so. 
it, there's a bit more sing-song freshness to the new tracks in Persona 3 Portable, and and that like I mean I love Mass Destruction, but but wiping all out is also a ba- is also a banger. Um, That's fair. And, and, and then we uh, get two, and, not just one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, but yeah, time is one of the sort of everyday uh, songs outside of Dungeons or Battle in uh, the FemC route, and it, it's it's a really really good one. Um, and I, I think it's you know emblematic of the change in tone when you uh, play that route instead of the uh, protagonist route. Yeah, there's like a bubblegummy quality to the songs. I don't I don't know. I maybe it is sexist now. That I think about it like that they would put it like that. But the the music that they produced was excellent. Well, no doubt. I'm I'm not sure if it's sexist or not. Again, but but like there is a change in tone from the soundscape of the male route versus the soundscape of the female route. Uh, whether you I think it might be sexist to attribute those specific tones to male or female or masculine or feminine but uh but it, it, it is it is a change and i think that was a deliberate choice by the composer but it, but it's still awesome i mean i'm not that that's that, that's neither male nor female nor here nor there it's 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 a great track yeah one what i really liked about this one was just the way it flowed so seamlessly between like the various like tempo and beat changes Mm -hmm. Mm. almost and it's almost like how you know during the school day yes the school day is the same you know six hours but there's some classes that go super quickly and others that feel like they drag even though they're like the periods are the same time so i feel like that kind of shifting that smooth shifting back and forth between the various beats and tempo changes just felt like time passing yeah and it sort of it does it in such a way that is very familiar to anyone who's recalling being a student i think at least to me listening to that i sort of was like oh okay i can see how this could like represent how a school day feels time wise i don't know it was was very interesting (laughs) 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 and i just i love all of the everyday tracks in persona games you hear them a lot and I just never stop appreciating them. They're way more than just a background. Like they really create the atmosphere, and this one definitely does that well. Agreed. There, um, I, th- I feel like maybe like the um, the the chorus, like the the faster tempos, like oh, uh, like it's like after school, like it's like <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, time to move. Or between <laughs> classes, maybe. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, I think it might be a time to move uh, a little farther forward chronologically into our next block, which looks like I have the first song in that block too. So that means my songs are done and we leveled up the strength arcana because that's my favorite. That and fortune. So yay. (laughs) And my choice for my second song, I alluded to it a little bit earlier. This is really like the song that kind of dragged me into loving Persona music, and that's Pursuing My True Self, which is the opening uh, from Persona 4. And then Solosi has the other track in this block. Uh, that's right. This is a slightly obscure one because it was only appeared on an arranged soundtrack, and it's not a main uh, main series Persona game either. This is Princess Amagi traditional taste mix from Persona 4 Arena's original arranged soundtrack, which was a six-track bonus disc that I think you could buy separately in Japan, but was bundled with the game uh, in its first run worldwide. All right. Uh, let's continue to level up our arcanas today and 
pursue our true selves and go listen to these. you
So, pursuing my true self. Let's let go of the remote and start talking about this awesome song. Uh, like I said before, it, it basically got me into the series. Um, I was hooked, like, right from the beginning with the great little piano stings and drum beats. Um, and just watching it along with the opening movie was such an amazing treat. Like, the, it's hard to describe. This was, I mean, maybe some other games kind of, like we said before, had a modern setting. But, I mean, I don't think I'd ever seen or heard a JRPG this cool, for lack of a better term. And this song really did that. Um, I love how catchy it is. It's got some of those levels of complexity that we expect from Persona music. You know, some different rhythm transitions, lots of different parts going on. A really, really fun beat. And it has that classic kind of Persona message about finding your true self. But especially because it's Persona 4, you know, finding yourself and understanding your true self in this environment that's kind of full of misinformation and fog, (laughs) really. Because, you know, a lot of people have probably already played Persona 4, but one of the big premises there, there's basically a TV world. Um, Part of what the investigation team has to do is figure out the the mystery of the Midnight Channel, which is kind of like, starts out as an urban legend, uh, but ends up being this kind of like collective subconscious world inside the TV. So they're kind of searching and seeking out the truth in that maze of information and media bombardment, which is, you know, still a very relevant message. So it's another thing I appreciate about the song. Yeah, it, it, the metaphor of um, discovering the truth and through a fog of, of lies or ignorance is a, a theme that's hit really hard in Persona 4. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. the reach out to the truth is, all, is the name of the main battle track from Persona yep. 4. And there's even a, you even sort of have to, def- at one point, there's a boss that's an evil god of fog that's, uh, that, that, that's clouding the truth. And, and uh, well, and, and and again, you're a like you're sort of playing detective and uh, and, and sussing out the urban legend. And also, one of the themes in Persona Two is that uh, is that if enough people hear an urban legend, it becomes true. It's true. Yeah. In, in Persona Two, so that that feels like I think that sort of um, story set up for Persona Four feels like a, a callback to Persona Two. But uh, back to the song itself, like this is not a normal feeling song. It, it, it it's uh it, it, it's piano is not easy to follow and percussion is not easy to follow the voices trade <laughs> um the, uh, the the vocals come in at and 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 change tones yeah and it's a little asynchronous I think is yeah, how it, I would describe it yeah it, 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 it's asynchronous and um and, and the phrases don't don't perfectly flow into each other so like it, it feels not off but it but it, it feels like a little bit um it, it, it feels syncopated and not an uh, and not sort of it, it, like like it's it's not disco. It, it, it doesn't have a clear four on the floor that you can dance to, but it but it changes directions so many times that it's fascinating. And I, and it's a uh, I, I think it's a total package that um, leaves if someone's playing Persona Four for the first time and sees the opening video, they're like, "What the hell is this game?" But also, I need to play this game. <laughs> Pretty much, exactly. I love one thing they do is that sort of the the matchup between the verses and the chorus, because you're right, I think the verses are very asynchronous, and then everything kind of syncs up a little bit for the chorus, where they're telling you to, you know, like, get up, go find the truth, kind of thing. And then it gets a little bit more asynchronous again. 
And then weirdly, the uh, the opening music for Persona 4 Golden Shadow World is almost the opposite. It's 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 like a it, it's like a poppy dance dance number. Yeah. Well, uh, well, this is uh, th- this is more like a um, you're surrounded by the fog of lies. You need to you need to like seek out your true self. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I I feel. A, l- a little bad because like it's hard to play this version of the game nowadays i don't think this song is in four golden i'm pretty sure it's not although i might be wrong but uh yeah it's um shadow world is good too but yeah but <laughs> this one is uh, one one part of this game of this song that always catches me off guard when i was it's like there's like a in the middle there's like all of a sudden like a woodwind comes in and it yeah, <laughs> yeah, the interlude. Yeah, yeah, there's like a little jazzy like flute interlude. Yeah, this this song is so it's a lot of fun. It's, it's so much fun, and um, yeah, I, I like what you guys said about the like how you you really can't seem to like pin it down. Place like, anything? Bit, yeah, yeah. Actually, now that you mentioned the the wood the wind interlude, that that's another thing that kind of adds to that impression because you have instruments like coming in and out of nowhere. Like there's the horns. Near the beginning, that just kind of all they come in with is like a yeah from nowhere, and then they just never show up again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it's like a small jazz ensemble that's that's also maybe recently done drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I should mention I should mention this this uh, this song is in Persona Four Golden, but I think you have to like play through Shadow World once, and then and then it appears as the oh, second opening, okay. Ooh, or you I see. Can, or. Or you have to go into a menu and and like and change it or something. Yeah, it's I know a, it wasn't like directly and easily. Yeah, it, it, it's not. And the same thing is true in Persona uh, Three Portable. You can find the opening tracks to Persona Three and Persona Three Fest in there, but you have to you have to dig around a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, it's like you said. I definitely get um that acid jazz vibe from that song. And when I first when I first heard it, I. I immediately got like a bit of a cowboy bebop vibe. Oh, yep. You know, like that similar vibe from that opening where the music wasn't that immediately catchy thing, but it was still very compelling. The music was challenging, but it just but you just kept wanting to listen to it. And 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 also what I like is that it sets up Persona 4 as being a very unique adventure from say persona 3 and this was a very unique adventure and even the whole idea of the tv being the conduit of misinformation if you look anywhere in the world especially in very rural areas that are disconnected that's their link to i guess the world at large is the tv and and the information that's filtered through the tv is not always, you know, the real thing. It's often biased. Yeah, and I think it's just this really sets the tone musically as as well. Like a lot of the other music from Four isn't quite this sort of like acid jazz, improvative kind of surprising. But you have a lot of kind of bits and pieces that come back, and it sets you up like, okay, this is modern. These are the themes. This is thematically, musically we can expect you know that to support this idea of like finding your true self i think it sets up like reach out to the truth pretty well i always feel like like, these two songs are kind of connected well speaking of persona 4 let's talk about our next track and a specific character 
from before. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, my track uh, for this episode, or my first track for this episode, is the traditional taste mix of Princess Amagiya, which is the uh, which is Yukiko's theme in Persona 4 Arena. Uh, Persona Persona 4 Arena is the fighting game spinoff of Persona of the Persona series that has most of the cast of Persona 4 and about half of the cast of Persona 3 um, all fighting to, uh, each other. It's made by um, Arc System Works, the same team that makes uh, uh, Guilty Gear and Blazblue. So, uh, and, and this is uh, th- this track like starts out very slow. There's a lot of uh, piano and strings that goes into uh, Japanese flute. And mm-hmm. then sort of gets a, it moves into some sort of uh, bigger voices later with, uh, with 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 more percussion and electric guitar, um, and it and it was uh, the Persona Four Arena soundtrack was done by Atsushi Kitajo and Toshiki Konishi, who are both uh, sort of on the Atlas B team of composers. Uh, we were talking about how Shoji Maguro was not the main composer of Persona One or Two, but and I think that's mostly because Maguro came into his own a little bit. Uh, later uh, with Shin Megami Tensei 3 where he was the lead composer Mm -hmm. and then when they made Persona 3 shortly afterwards he was the lead composer on that and uh, and 3 Nocturne and Persona 3 were such huge successes that I think that elevated uh, Meguro's um, you know spot on the ladder as it were his standing yeah exactly (laughs) and sort of of Meguro became sort of the definitive composer of Atlas's uh, fairly incredible run of PS2 games in the 2000s yeah so um, this is not Meguro because this is a, Persona 4 Arena was a definitely a spin-off game, and I'm sure Meguro was working on uh, Persona 5 and, and maybe other things um, when this game came out. But uh, again, it's, but it's a little bit hard imagining Japanese teenagers beating themselves up with uh, with, with chairs and uh, and guns <laughs> and boxing gloves <laughs> to this song, uh, and, and that's because the original version is considerably more upbeat. And uh, and uh, and and aggressive, but uh, but this again again this came on a arranged soundtrack disc that uh, and isn't part of the original one. That soundtrack disc, uh, the six tracks on it, are more. Uh, all of them ha- ha- are songs with more of a beginning and an end, and aren't designed to loop the way that a lot of video game music is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them either slow down the song or. Or, or have it pivot towards a genre that maybe doesn't fit a fighting game as well as well. Right. So, uh, so it's you know like the uh, Yosuke's theme in the arranged soundtrack is more electro poppy. Um, the uh, and uh, I think it's it's I think it's Akihiko's uh, themes arrangement is a lot more sort of is 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 a little bit more like a, a slower hard uh, hard rock version of his of his theme. But uh, but this one. Like has this beautiful flute and uh, piano and I think harp that uh, would not fit in a fighting game normally. But that's also I, I think this uh, this track is more Kita Joe than Konishi because the one thing that Kita Joe loves more than anything else is to have like a, a piano break in the middle of a rock song with electric guitar in it. Yep. So the, <laughs> the, so like the fact that this is like a piano voice that then jumps into uh, electric guitar and piano and drums, together, yeah. and with, with a with a like, oh, this is rock instrumentation. But now there's like a piano break that's uh, a, a piano solo in the middle of it. It's, it's like, oh yeah, this is that's this guy. I've I've heard this before. <laughs> but uh, I, I really, but also because Yukiko in the game, um, in in all the Persona Four games, she's uh, uh, she, she, 
how do I put this? Like she, her family is very traditional and they own a, uh, a traditional Japanese inn and hot spring. So like she, and she has, and part of her story arc is, uh, is her battling with her family's expectations of her. Right. Uh, and that sort of tra- sense of tradition and like where she fits in it and whether she wants to pursue it or not. Yes. But, but because of her, um, of her background, she, like she's the character that would be, you know, wearing a kimono working mm-hmm. at a Japanese inn that where music like this or traditional enka or something would be playing. Right. You'd hear enka or like a shakuhachi or shamisen or Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if the uh if the if the wind instrument here is a is a is a uh, shakuhachi or Yeah, not. I'm not sure either. It, but... it, it could it could be, but it's definitely some <laughs> it's definitely some flute-like instrument that that is played like in a Japanese style for sure. Yeah. I was just listing off potential traditional instruments for the inn. <laughs> <laughs> but I I mean she's she's definitely like in the game sort of she has this image of being like the traditional beauty, you know. And so I think it's really neat how in this remix you you have kind of the well, like they say it's the traditional taste mix with the you know, kind of graceful sounding piano, the flute, all this very nice traditional kind of sound, but you you also have the rock instrumentation kind of supporting it. I think that's kind of a cool way of symbolizing her process and kind of her conflict in the Oh yeah, no, she, she's a demure Japanese beauty with a fan held in front of her face, but she's also going to kick your ass with that fan. I mean, <laughs> she is one of the most annoying characters in, in Arena, if I'm remembering oh, yeah. correctly. No, no, oh she, my god. She is a projectile-heavy character oh. that's going to throw fireballs and fans at you every which way, and, and unless you have some good anti-projectile tech, you're going to have a bad time. She's impossible, that, well, not impossible, but getting close to her is a pain. I'm a, I mean, I'm a, I'm a kanji main, so I have to figure it out. <laughs> You know, I, I feel silly for th- for this being my takeaway from this song, but I'm a I instantly thought of Xenoblade Chronicles three <laughs> because uh, number one the flute and actually a specific song from Xenoblade Chronicles three um, that it, it's called the Weight of Life and it it sounds very similar to this song. And I don't I know I know I definitely know that Mitsuda and Ace didn't listen to this song, but it sure sounds like a Xenoblade Chronicles 3 song, and I huh. love it for that. I, I, I love I, this song is, this remix is really nice, and I'm actually really curious to listen to the original and compare it to. Yeah, same here. Since I'm not very familiar with the original, but what I really liked about this remix track was that from the beginning to the end, it was like just a constant, like slow buildup, and then gradually like it starts out sparse then gradually it adds more layers of instrumentation and then at the very end it's like it just pow kind of hits you mm-hmm. yeah and like like um like was mentioned like the kitajo signature kitajo like piano break in the middle like so it's like it builds up and then it kind of slows back down a bit and then it builds mm-hmm. up again and the guitar hits oh it's so yep and you have that piano yeah. Oh, I like it a lot. Good and, stuff. And they use, if I'm not mistaken, like they titled this remix after one of Yukiko's kind of nicknames in the four. Uh, to, you know. s- s- sort of. Like they give every character in uh, Persona Four Arena a weird nickname that's like a spinoff of, oh, of what they are in four. So if, that's if, her if, fighter if, name. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> if you saw Indomitable Snow Black, then that's that, that's her fighter name. 
but it, it's uh, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what you're referring to. But they, oh, they the Princess get... Amagi. I thought that oh. came up in four. Oh no no no. Um. Uh, well, okay. The uh, her her name's uh her yes her her last name's Amagi. Yep. And um, in her uh her her persona dungeon in four, she's a princess waiting to be rescued by a handsome prince. Yes. Uh, so she's a uh, spoiler for the first five hours of Persona Four, <laughs> but the uh, but uh, yeah, the, the name of the track is Princess Amagi. I, th- I thought you were talking about, you know, you know what? There's so much weird Persona references and wordplay in the arena games. I, I yeah. Got I'm sorry. No worries. I wasn't exactly clear. I think. I think Narukami's nickname is like the sister complex kingpin or something. Yes. Like they, get, they, they get a little weird. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. He's my he's my other main in Persona 4 <laughs> Arena. He's good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's kind of the, the Ryu Kenakuma of the game because yep. his, his, uh, his moveset's a little vanilla, but it's a very fun version of one of those. Yep, yep. In, in fact, I mean, the whole Persona 4 Arena, is just, it's just a fun fighting game. Like, some characters feel sort of normal, but then you have insane gimmicks like... Uh, like uh, Teddy throwing toys at you, but always in a specific order. And um, if if uh, if Naoto hits you with thirteen special moves, uh, then the death counter runs out, and you get it, and she gets an instant KO. Right, because and, of her uh, her like Muda moves set in the original. Yeah, games. yeah, her Muda <sighs> moves don't instantly kill, but they will give you one or two ticks on the death meter. And when it hits thirteen, it's an instant it's an instant kill. Um, and uh, that's neat. Oh, <laughs> And uh, and and Junpei has to like the more he hits you with his bat, the more bait, the more runs and, and strikes he scores, and uh, and that ups his damage a lot. It's the entire game is insane, but uh, fundamentally, it's a it's a fun fighting game with a, a shockingly like long twenty hour story mode. Yeah, it's basically a visual novel. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Persona Four Arena, good music, even better remix. I appreciate you bringing that on because. A lot of the spin-off games, except for uh, the first Q game, for some reason, are not all that well represented. Oh, and uh, I, I have another one of those uh, in my hand for later. Is, is oh, it time to move on, we think? Excellent. Um, I'm ready if everyone else is. Yeah, that was a smooth <laughs> transition there. All so. right, so the next block is our most recent Persona Music block, and Geo has our first song in that. Yeah, um, I'm bringing No More What Ifs from Persona 5 Royal. Yeah, it's a good one, folks. And with that pick, we leveled up the Justice Arcana, which was Dio's choice. Woo! Nice. And I know you said that you picked that one just kind of a mix of personas and good things you get in the game. And Yeah, um, actually, this song, No More What Ifs, is a kind of about, or it is about uh, a, uh, someone from the Justice Arcana. Oh, awesome. All right. I can't wait to listen to it. And then... So Lucy has our last pick, aside from the bonus track. That's right. I uh, decided to go into the realm of Persona spinoffs again, and I picked the track Pull the Trigger, which is one of the four main battle tracks from Persona Q2 New Cinema Labyrinth. And I will do a lot of Persona Q explaining uh, in the next block. Very exciting. And that is our last Arcana level up today. And you were sort of split. You were saying you like the characters and persona in Hierophant, but your personal philosophy was more Hermit or Moon. Yeah, I, I think that Hermit <laughs> is maybe the uh, the natural uh, uh, pers- uh, arcana of the podcaster because they're they're, <laughs> they're they're detached, they're locked in their room, but they're uh, but they're full of wisdom and and mostly like talking about themselves and their experiences. It's a it's, it's a very self indulgent uh, arcana, but. I mean, I've I, I've done so many RPG fan podcasts. I think it's a natural fit. 
<laughs> but but I, in game, I always level up Hierophant because I want to hang out with Uncle Dojima yeah. and uh, and and cafe owner so Sojiro and summon Koryu against the final boss. Yep. Yep. There are some good persona choices with these two arcanas. All right. Well, let's go listen to our more recent persona music, and I'm excited to talk about it.
life on a verge of deciding the color of the rest of your life. Bit too heavy to think like that, but on both sides, leave the impact. Get wise, arise, so we be best to find. Yeah. Um. So, no more what ifs is like one example of a persona song where I actively listen to the lyrics and I think I have it down memorized at this point. Um, I think persona songs can be kind of hit or miss with the lyrics because sometimes it just kind of doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that, but like, um, sometimes yeah. I there was a change um, when they got this person named Benjamin Franklin to start doing the lyrics and but then I mean Lotus Juice I think did the lyrics to No More What Ifs if I'm not mistaken but um, yeah and this one is so meaningful because it does a lot of um, uh, of heavy lifting to uh, maybe flesh out a certain character from Persona 5 and it's it it, per, it captures that person perfectly. Like it's it's this. Um, first of all, you do not get to hear this song a lot in game. You have to go to like a specific place in Persona Five Royal. It's not in Vanilla, and um, and I and it, you only kind of just hear it in the background. It doesn't really. It's not really high in the mix. 
and um, yeah, it's it, and so it's easy to just kind of disregard it. You, I think you hear the uh, instrumental version of this song a lot more um, in the. There's like a new area in Persona Five Royal where you can like mm-hmm. you collect like stuff. Yeah, it's like a side area. Anyway, um, and so this that area that you go to with this song is like important to the character that is describing, and it suits them so well. And it's it just has this defiant tone to it. Like I'm I am living my life the way I want, and or like. That's that's me, and it, it's so them. Yeah, it's like it's like I do not regret my choices. Um, it's it's so beautiful because like it's so it's such a tender song. It's it's it has this beautiful melody to it. It's very it's a, it's like a, a lounge loungy song. It's got a very kind of slow lounge kind of vibe to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes me think of like a smoky hotel uh-huh. bar or something. Especially since yeah. the, uh, I mean, I mean, Lynn's voice is so soulful. Yeah. And uh and and the beat here which is very low key I think there's electric piano in there is is a I think a I think has some latin flavor to it. So like it it it's it's a song that you would that would be played in like a in like a you know like a a, a cigar club or something. It's mm-hmm. uh it's it, it's it's very beautiful and um I, I don't I, I haven't played Royal. I've played Persona 5 regular but not Royal. And I, I'm, I've, I've deduced what character you're talking about, mm-hmm. and I use the word deduce uh, specifically. <laughs> uh-huh. But the, uh, but I'm not going to say that character is underdeveloped in in regular Persona Five. But but there's, I think there's room to expand on oh, yeah. them, and uh, and I think Persona Five Royal does a lot of work to illuminate that character more and yeah. and, and, and yeah. this song especially if you look at the lyrics mm-hmm. is uh is is you know a, a one one block in that in that puzzle piece in that puzzle excuse me and i love that there's that room there i, I mean i felt that he was under big in the original game i didn't really understand him i didn't connect with him i mean he's uh, yeah he he's not someone you want to connect with but i wanted to understand him and this this game, this expansion, just did so much for him, and now he's one of my favorite characters. And uh, yeah, it, it's it does kind of play in like a smoky bar, if I'm not mistaken. Like it's a that that is indeed the vibe, and uh, yeah, it's perfect for that. Oh, it's it's not uh it, it it's it's not Mama's bar in that one part of downtown, is it? Nope, it's a entirely okay, different somewhere. bar. Yeah. Gotcha. It's an entirely different bar. All right, mm-hmm. Mama should have been a confidant. Just, just, just yeah, saying. Yeah, please, one hundred thousand percent. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> she, she's, she's better than the lady that's the double social link. Or, or, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very emphatic about that, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think this is another like great example of kind of what we did, said before about like playing with the genre. Um, each. Persona 3, 4, and 5, I think each has kind of like a slightly different soundscape. Like 3, there's a little bit, I think that was like the introduction of Lotus Juice. Um, you even get a little bit of like a hip-hop cadence and memories of you here and there. And then in 4, it's kind of a little more poppy and 5 leans into the jazz. And I think that does a yeah. lot for this character and this song. Yeah. Yeah, that that lounge jazz vibe in that song was great. And it, and it reminded me a lot of this... Um, cd this uh cd series from like the early from like the late 90s early 2000s called uh 
Buddha Lounge, which were oh my which was gosh. European <laughs> collections of that like electronic chill out music. Yes, which is funny because I actually said that the um, your first pick, Neil, reminded me of like the Lifescapes kiosks from the early nineties. <laughs> A little bit. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I can totally see that sounding like Buddha Lounge. Um, I also want to mention like um, so Lotus Juice wrote the lyrics and like he dropped a little reference to Persona 3 in the the, 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 the song Burn My Dread. Someone once said Burn My Dread. <laughs> and uh, I, I had to look it up and it turns out he didn't actually write that song, Burn My Dread. No, but he's he's in the, um, the battle version of it. Oh, right, right. Specifically. So yeah, he's basically talking about himself. Like someone once said Burn My Dread, you wrote that, you said that. <laughs> So that's entertaining. And that's not even the first time he does that in like some oh, I love Lotus Juice. Sometimes Lotus Juice verses are a little bit English word salad. Like, yes. like, like, like he, he's he's just speaking English words real fast in a, in his very specific cadence. But uh but you cannot deny the energy and no. and and and, uh, and the genuine wordplay sometimes. Like like you like uh it, <laughs> It it, it it you sort of laugh in it and are impressed by it and are bopping to it at the same time. Like like yep. like Lotus Juice is a genuine talent, and I I, I think he's a, a a crucial um you know pillar to the to the music of the Persona series. And oh, one hundred percent. And I think we mentioned earlier uh, he he was a music supervisor and writer for some of the uh, PSP versions of Persona One, uh, Innocent Sin, and, and Eternal Punishment. Definitely, I enjoy his contributions like as far as the you know we've we've discussed a lot of this persona music kind of being this mixture of kind of melancholy and upbeat and like tragic things happen but the world moves on and you know you can genuinely appreciate the good things sort of thing i think lotus juice's contributions kind of help steer me in that you know appreciate the like genuinely surprising fun always catchy kind of moments but uh speaking of catchy lotus juice moments that this is not uh no more what ifs is not the only song he's on in this block no (laughs) (laughs) okay now uh i'm gonna take this opportunity to pop off on persona q2 new cinema labyrinth a little bit yes Uh, please do this game is a fan service clown fiesta uh it is it, it is a dungeon crawling rpg in the style of the etrian odyssey games that brings the casts of personas three four and five together uh, about 30 playable characters total, and you can sort of assemble your team and challenge these maps and do some light cartography to cover where you've been and figure out where to go next. Uh, it, it, it's easier map stuff than the than the pure Etrian Odyssey games, and instead of messing around with a class system, you're messing around with 30 characters with unique abilities and then attaching <laughs> personas to each of them because because for some reason they're all able to share, share the full arcana power now mm-hmm. to cut to customize them further and uh they're and like the stories are okay not great and the dialogue is usually just silly but uh it, it's fun to see the persona cast interact like oh god there's a scene in persona q2 where um where uh like uh, akihiko and chie compete to see who can like eat more meat and exercise better while makoto's chasing after them and she ultimately decides that both of them need to eat more vegetables it's <laughs> yeah like like, like th- th- that's about the level of uh of uh intellectualism we're handling here but the uh but the music of this game um to a degree this is also true of the first one but even more so of the second one it brings back everyone they possibly could 
from mm -hmm. Personas 3 onward. Uh, all four of the main uh, vocalists from those games, uh, oh boy, uh, Yumi Kamo uh, Kawamura from Persona 3, uh, Mayumi Fujita from Persona 3 Portable, Shihoko Hirata from Persona 4, and Lin from Persona 5, each of them gets a battle track corresponding yep. to the protagonist of the game that they're from. And you can program it in menus, whichever one you want to use, or let's say you have the, or or as a random shuffle, or there's DLC tracks like the like the main battle music from all of those games and Persona Q1. You can you can uh, there's a huge a huge amount of freedom to for what songs you play in battle. And pull the trigger is the uh, Persona 3 female protagonist slash portable uh, uh, one of those four main tracks, and it features Miami Fujita again, who was also in the t in the song "Time" that we featured earlier this episode. Yay. And I really, I really like this one because I, I think that uh, uh, Fujita's voice is beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. the, the the song has just a high, just high energy funk with with uh, the walking, climbing bass and the horns, yep. and uh, and and I was just I was just glad to play a game with with my with the homegirl uh, femtagonist in them again. So, yes. uh, and, and she's really fun to use in the game. She has uh, she has link skills, which means she can like she'll attack once. And then for everyone in your party that attacks again, she'll do an automatic follow up attack. So she'll end up like whacking uh, fools with her Nakanata like four times in one round. It's, yeah, it's Nakanata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, her weapon is a Nakanata and her joke weapon, I think, is a lacrosse stick and a broom, which is which is just great. Perfect. Um, a plus. Yeah, it, it, 10 out of 10 uh, weapon choice. But the uh, Persona Q2 has such a rich soundscape with uh, that that celebrates um, the history of Persona in the 2000s and 2010s. Uh, I think it's one of the last 3DS games released. It came out on the 3DS uh, in 2018 when the Wii U, I'm sorry, when the Wii U was dead and the Switch was over a year in. Uh, and, but like, if you just go in there to enjoy a dungeon crawling RPG with some silly dialogue, some fun team customization, and some surprisingly great music, then this should be your jam as it is mine. I, I, I really, really like both of the Persona Q games because the Atreon Odyssey games are a little bit much for me in terms of how, you know, of, of how, uh, uh, how, how, how empty and, and how map heavy it is right well yeah persona q and q2 give you lighter versions of that but with a ton of persona fan service and that's yeah. uh and, and those are those are two things that really really worked for me so uh yeah i'm not going to defend these games stories or dialogue but i will defend the music and pull the trigger is just a funky fun jam that uh brings back uh my homegirl from persona 3 portable and i gotta say as a bass player Second, I heard that song. All I could think was, "Whoa, that bass!" I mean, yeah. I love that that bouncy, almost rubbery bass line. Reminds me a lot of uh, Tony Canal's playing in early No Doubt. Ooh, yeah, I can see it. Um, for me, yeah, I, I, I didn't know that there were so many battle themes in Persona Q2. I, I know, I know, I listened to one of them before, and I, I hadn't heard this one. And it's so good. And Lotus Juice has a little verse in it. It's so, and, it, and it's a lot of fun. And also, like, I'm looking at the um, the video where it. Uh, I'm sorry, the like because like we use like a YouTube playlist to listen to the, to the songs, and then like the the thumbnail for this one is like it's it's the female main protagonist all chibi fight, and then holding a gun <laughs> and it 
it's, yep. yeah it's so it's so i don't know it's such a funny visual <laughs> and um yeah i mean it, it, they all have a chibi aesthetic i think the gun is her evoker that she uses to transform yep. right. yeah. uh, to, to, to summon her persona but the uh yeah seeing the cast interact and uh and they even figure out that she's not from the same dimension as everyone else uh in the in the context of the story it's 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 Again, it's silly, but I, I oh, that's it a meta. Lot. Yeah, and, and, if, and if you if you if you go in with the right expectations and you like Persona games, uh, then it's then I think it's fun. But this shouldn't be your first ever Persona game yeah. you play. Yeah, that's well, absolutely fair. What if I like Etrian Odyssey games and Persona games? Then definitely play this, but don't don't expect a level of, of stories. Uh, yeah, don't expect a level of story sophistication as a Persona game or a level of uh, of map making detail as at Tree Odyssey 4. Cool, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> I I think this song uh, has some lyrics that kind of like perfectly sum up Persona in a nutshell, which is great because it's one of the Q games. Uh, Move Destiny, I'm coming through. Partner, we can do this right. <laughs> sort of like, <laughs> I'm going to make my destiny, but I'm going to do it with other people's help. <laughs> We're gonna work together. It's just, it's perfect. And oh, and there is yet another reference to callback to Persona Three, which makes sense since uh, since this is the you know portable female protagonist song. Um, there's a more dread burning, um, <laughs> but then there's also a baby, baby, baby in there, which is a reference to mass destruction, which is not from her root, but that's okay because it's still a really good song. This is so much fun. I love this song. Oh god! Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think it was a great song to have now because it culminates like so many things that we love about the series. And and even though you know the Persona games are oftentimes you know very macabre and often somber, those fun moments, those moments of levity when we sometimes get to see like the character the kids just being kids and goofy teenagers and it's like those are just those little pops of freshness you know and this really is kind of like we said it it's not your standard like yes this is perfect exemplary Meguro persona music but this really is a celebration of like all the different components all the different games all the different ways that Persona's kind of played with and used music. It's really neat. I think it's a good track to finish up with. Yeah, 100%. With that, um, any any final thoughts on kind of all our music choices together? I love how we've kind of like run the gamut with spin-off games and early Persona, later Persona, Royal. Uh, it's been a great, great journey, and I think we have some good representative music. I think we gave the series like the, the broad, like, overview it deserves. And what I also like is that while um, we generally associate Shoji Meguro with Persona music, we showed through various other selections that there were that there's a lot more people who've contributed to the overall soundscape that we've come to know and love. Yeah, and how each of those you know compo- people and components have kind of influenced each other over time. Yeah, oh, that's great. Um, I think in that case, it's time for a little bit of housekeeping. So um, I want to mention the games that have made their debut today. We have quite a few of them, which is very exciting. So Persona 1, uh, P3 Portable, Royal, and Persona Q2 um, all made their debut today. So well done. (laughs) 
We covered a lot of new ground. Um, and then coming up next for Rhythm, we have got our Music of the Year podcast, which is always a very exciting time. And then we're almost at episode 100 after that. And that's going to be a special surprise episode to look forward to. Very excited about it. And then after that, uh, we're going to be focusing on the Xeno series, which will be excellent. There's a lot of good music there too. Um, if you'd like to email us, you can reach us at music at rpgfan.com. Um, again, I'm Hillary Andruff. And if you want to contact me about the podcast, uh, you want to talk more persona music, um, the best way to reach me is Discord. Uh, I'm EP Fire there. And let's go through and let's give contact information for a panel. So, Solosi, let's start with you. Sure. Uh, you can find me every week almost at the at uh, RPG Fans Retro Encounter. I am the uh, showrunner and, and main host of that podcast. Uh, it posts every Thursday about a variety of topics. Later this month, we're doing two episodes on Xenosaga Episode 1, Der Vilsermacht. And, uh, and in January, we're doing two episodes on Ogre Battle 64, Person of Lordly Caliber. But if you want to find me online individually and not just listen to the podcast, uh, you can... I am at the Real Monsoon on Twitter, uh, at Evoker for Dogs also on Twitter, and Monsoon Mike on RPG Fans Discord. Wonderful. And Neil, how about you? You can reach me via email, neilch at rpgfan.com. That's N E A L C H, or I'm neilch RPG Fan on the Discord. Great. And Gio. Yeah, uh, you can find me on the rpg fan discord i'm geo there so and then i'm also on twitter at 10 b star t-e-n-b-i star and you can also email me at uh geo at rpgfan.com great thanks and uh Salusi mentioned some of what's going on on one of our other lovely podcasts Retro. Um, I also want to mention that Retro just posted a great special uh, Muppets casting episode, which is a lot of fun. Um, oh, so yeah. please, <laughs> please give Retro a listen. Um, and then we also have Random, uh, which is kind of our current, usually current information reviews. Uh, they most recently did a review roundup, uh, which is fun and more recent games. Um, so please give them a listen as well. Um, also take a look at our social media. We're around there. Um, check out our Twitch. Uh, there's a lot to see. So I want to encourage, you know, if you like this episode, check out some of those other avenues as well. Uh, it also helps to review us on your preferred podcasting platform, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, subscriptions, reviews, all that stuff really helps. So we appreciate it. And to close out the show, uh, I kind of stole the bonus track today because uh, we were discussing covers and some other things. And um, there's a vocalist I really want to feature who's done a lot of amazing persona covers and kind of leans into the jazzy, jazzy route. Um, so the bonus track that I have picked today is uh, her name is Sapphire doing a cover of Snowflakes, which is a golden song originally, but also featured in Dancing All Night, which is where... I first heard it. How um, December appropriate. Right. It's very December appropriate. And it's also featuring the consoles on some of the instrumentation. 
Um, so we will give that a listen. Uh, we appreciate you all coming with us on our journey through persona music today, leveling up some arcanas. Um, you know, I encourage everybody to go forth, enjoy the positive moments like the games encourage us to do. And just thank you again for listening. It's my party and I'll burn my dread if I want to. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If nothing else today, we've learned this music encourages to burn all the dreads. You you know, you should be, be careful saying that at like a hair salon or something, but, uh, but, but, but agreed. Yes. Burn my dread. Burn my dread. Not the hairstyle. The, the, the feeling the
dream keeps me going through the night. My my friend who who loves playing fighting games is gonna get a kick out of this. I'm gonna make him do it. <laughs> Good. I'm also an e Honda main in Street Fighter too, so I I I I know a thing or two about being annoyed by fireballs and and, mm-hmm. and try and figuring out how to get by them. Well, I'm sure you do. But uh, yeah, maybe this is a, a not the comparison you were making, but uh, uh, Yukiko is the Sagat of Persona Four. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just the image of <laughs> Yukiko and Sagat. Give her an eye patch. <laughs> yeah, she, she's got an eye patch and she's just going, tiger, tiger, tiger. Over and over and over. And you're like, stop it. 